Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 646. Well, on last week's show, the great Matt Young, collections manager for Cornell Labs Macaulay Library, the largest depository of bird and animal sounds in the world, was our special guest, talking about the intriguing Red Cross Bill. That's one of them there. There are many types. That is what they designate as Type 1. Well, Matt has just written a new summary with extraordinary detail about that fascinating finch. And we have a link to that new piece, courtesy of the folks at eBird, on our Talking Birds Facebook page. Or we will have by the end of the show this morning. We also have a little profile of Matt in our latest Talking Birds newsletter, The Trumpeter. It's free to subscribe to our newsletter, by the way. Easy to find at TalkingBirds.com. Someone asked if we have a shameless plug department here at Talking Birds. Well, yes, yes, we do. So here's a shameless plug that we hope will be of interest to Talking Birds listeners in New Hampshire and other parts of New England with TV satellite service. This week, with the first airing on Wednesday night, New Hampshire Public Television will broadcast an installment of their Windows to the Wild program entitled... <clears throat> birding with Ray Brown. Yes, it's true. I joined up with Windows to the Wild host Willem Lang for a program focused on a somewhat less than wild, but still pretty birdy place, and that's Boston's Public Garden, along with a stop at a beautiful sanctuary south of Boston called World's End in the town of Hingham. So that show will air on WGBH Channel 2 in Boston next Sunday, October 22nd at 6 p.m., you can find details at nhptv.org, New Hampshire Public Television, and at wgbh.org, that's Channel 2 in Boston, and always on the information-packed Talking Birds Facebook page, as well as in the latest edition of our Talking Birds newsletter. And that show will be available later for download from NHPTV, so you could watch it, uh, should you desire to, anywhere you are, and see some pretty cool birds right in the middle of the great city of Boston. And that is our mystery bird. And this is a little preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later in the show, but we want you to be ready uh, to call in on our mystery bird contest. A couple of clues here. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized songbird with an olive-brown back, dark spots on the chest, a buff-colored eye ring and matching buff-colored face. Our bird, which feeds near the ground on berries and insects, breeds mostly in Canada and Alaska and winters in Central and South America. What would that bird be? We would like you to tell us or take a guess because if no correct answer is received, a drawing will determine our winner, unless we get a correct answer, and that would be our winner. Uh, here's our prize this morning. It's the Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder invented in 1969 by Droll Yankees founder Peter Peter Killam. It's been sort of imitated many times over, but 
as they say, never duplicated. Proudly made in the USA. And we have a bonus prize this morning. This is kind of something unusual, our bonus prize. But uh, we think very special. It's America's Favorite Birds. It's the first title in a series of coloring books for adults. That's kind of a big thing now, I understand. From the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, with each page featuring authentic, detailed backgrounds, depicting where each bird perches and nests and feeds, so you can learn about birds you color, characteristics and behaviors that make each bird unique and special. And it also includes a four-page full-color glossy section with photos of all the birds in the book for reference. So it's kind of already colored in in part. And it has perforated pages so you can even save and display your, your artwork. It's the definitive adult coloring book for birders and coloring enthusiasts. And it's our bonus prize in this morning's Mystery Bird Contest coming up in just a little while. Here's our bird conservation. Well, it's a salute of the week. It's going to New Jersey Senator Cory Booker for introducing Senate Bill 1920, the Federal Bird Safe Buildings Act that would establish guidelines for future construction and alteration projects on federal buildings and hopes to inspire developers of non-federal buildings to follow suit. And the bill follows a bipartisan proposal in the House from Congressman Mike Quigley of Illinois and Morgan Griffith of Virginia. We'll keep an eye on the progress of both of those bills and hope they succeed, considering the fact that an estimated 300 million to 1 billion birds die each year from building crashes. And it's been shown that incorporating bird-friendly design in buildings reduces collision deaths by up to 90%. Well, we're excited to report we signed up Talking Birds Ambassadors now in 42 states. That means by our calculations, there are now just eight states not yet represented by Talking Birds Ambassadors. Are you in one of these states? North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, New Mexico, Arkansas, Mississippi, South Carolina, and Delaware. If you are, we hope you'll consider representing your state as a Talking Birds Ambassador. Easy to do and sign up for. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. And even if your state is represented, we'd still love to have you join in on behalf of your hometown or neighborhood or street. Choose the Become an Ambassador option via the contact button at TalkingBirds.com to sign up. Still to come in our show today, National Audubon's Dr. Steve Kress, the man who brought Atlantic puffins back to the coast of Maine, will be here to talk with us about birds from way up north in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in Alaska and about the important work and research that's going on there. Plus, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment for more essential information about how to get birds to show up in your backyard, this time by using peanuts. We're going to hear about that from a, a listener of Talking Birds. And uh, up next, it's our... Featured feathered friend. It's a bird and maybe a boot. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine for more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. From the land where men's legs are not long enough to reach a horse's hindquarters, comes the cowboy boot that's causing a revolution. It's the Lapland Long Spur, and it's the boot. Uh, sorry to interrupt your commercial, but 
Did you know that the Lapland long spur is actually a bird? Hey, what you say there, Pilgrim? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bird. A bird? <laughs> well, I'll be horn-swoggled. Ooh, well, I hope not. That sounds kind of painful. The Lapland long spur is a common songbird that breeds in the Arctic tundra and winters across much of Canada and the U.S., including here in New England. It's a sparrow-like bird with a short, thick, pointed bill, white outer tail feathers, a rust-colored patch on the wings, and streaked sides. And it often congregates in huge winter flocks, some of which have been estimated as large as 4 million birds. By the way, the Lapland longspur gets the first part of its name from one of its wintering grounds in northern Scandinavia. And it gets the second part of its name from the elongated claw of the hind toe. So it really does have a long spur. Yeah, sounds like it'd be great for a cowboy boot. Uh, next week, we'll try to define the word hornswoggled. But for now, that's today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend, the Lapland longspur. Thanks again for being with us here at our show, number 646. We do hope you'll visit our website. That's TalkinBirds.com, no G in Talkin'. And uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talkin' Birds. Dr. Stephen Kress is National Audubon's Vice President for Bird Conservation and Director of the Audubon Seabird Restoration Program and Hog Island Audubon Camp. He's also a visiting fellow at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and the co-author of the remarkable book, Project Puffin, The Improbable Quest to Bring a Beloved Seabird Back to Egg Rock. Now, Egg Rock is off the coast of Maine, but this morning we'll talk about a place considerably farther north than the state of Maine. And Steve is on the phone with us to explain. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. Well, you're probably best known, Steve, for your extraordinary work to bring Atlantic puffins to Egg Rock on the coast of Maine uh, with that story detailed in the book that you co-wrote that we just mentioned, Project Puffin. But we're talking today, Steve, about a place quite a ways north and west of Maine. That would be the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in northeast Alaska. I know this is a huge area, more than 19 million acres and um, surprisingly, maybe home to more than 200 species of birds recorded there. Right. Uh, also home to polar bears, wolves, thousands of caribou, I guess hundreds of thousands, and representing one of the biggest stretches of untouched wilderness left in the U.S. So a pretty important place, Steve, but under constant threat of industrial development, especially drilling for oil. What should we know about this, Steve, and where, we, where do we stand with those threats and what's being done to fight them? Well, I think one of the one of the things that uh, is important to know is that even though this this area seems us in the U.S. far away, and certainly from Maine, it seems far away. But the birds link it, and they and they connect these dots because we know from banding recoveries and um, also satellite transmitters that uh, birds that breed in this area migrate. Some of them migrate all the way to the east coast of the Atlantic, and they migrate down to the, through the coast of Maine. And, and uh, locations in Maine and in the uh, the North Slope of Alaska are, are vital to migratory birds. A couple of those are the semi-palmated sandpipers and, and wimbrels, familiar birds on the Atlantic coast. So that, that really, uh, I think, helps me to see the connections. Without both places, those birds would be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And many other places, too, they're migrating to, and not, not even just in North America, right? 
Exactly. They migrate through 50 states, and, and many of them continue on to South America. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, back in 2015, if I have this right, then-President Obama proposed to declare an additional 5 million acres of the refuge as a wilderness area, which would put nearly 13 million acres of the refuge permanently off-limits to drilling or other development, including the coastal plain where oil exploration has been sought. Get us up to speed, if you could, on what happened to that proposal. Is there still life in it? Well, I think there's still life in it, but currently it's being threatened by... um you know, current administration who would like to open it up for oil drilling. And of course, this has been a, a, a very contentious issue. Those of us that have followed Alaskan conservation and bird conservation in general know the importance of it, and they know that regularly we're brought back to the table to defend this area. What's interesting to me is that this has been a, a bipartisan issue for, um, for a long time, ever since the, the uh, refuge was established by President Eisenhower. Um, whose Republican administration uh, made this uh, and created this refuge. Mm -hmm. And more recently, Senator Collins from Maine has been a, has a long history of support. Uh, so Republicans and Democrats have been behind us. So defending it now is uh, it, it's where I back at it again, and we really are trying to make people realize how important this is and how unnecessary it is to uh, solve the uh, solve the the oil needs uh, of the future, which are in less demand now than they were uh, back in the earlier time. And increasingly so, we, we think and we hope. That's right. Well, it's kind of mind-boggling, Steve, to look through the list of bird species that have been recorded in the refuge. Ducks, geese, raptors, grouse, loons, grebes, shorebirds, songbirds, and a couple of relatives of an alcid you're pretty familiar with back on the islands of Maine, right? That's right, yeah. You know, the black guillemot uh, is uh, got you know uses the area and uh, the similar species that uh, what we have in Maine and we have and of course puffins have been known from the area as well. So mm -hmm. and you have tufted puffins uh, there also, I think. Yeah, tufted puffins. That's right. Um, Steve, talk a bit about a few more. You mentioned about the research going on there. Talk a bit more about that, if you would, about what, what kind of research is going on in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge? Well, bird, one of the interesting bird research that's happened at, uh, at Cornell uh, with the Wimbrels, we, we um, were involved with, uh, a Cornell student uh, was involved with tagging satellite transmitters on, on the backs of, of uh, Wimbrels and mm -hmm. following them uh, throughout their range. They, they some of them made stops on the coastal Maine, and they all continued down to the uh, George Coast and, uh, and then on to uh, South America. So that, that kind of research really helps to show not just that birds do these long migrations. We knew that from banding, but it shows us exactly where um, the stopover spots are. Stopover spots are as important as, uh, as the breeding winter homes. Mm -hmm. We were kind of excited to see wimbrels in the Galapagos Islands a couple of weeks ago. I guess not migrating. I think those are stationary populations. Maybe you can correct me on that, but that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, they, I think that they, well, I, I don't know if they're stationary, but they could well be migrating because mm -hmm. um, wimbrels do migrate all along the Pacific coast as well. Mm -hmm. So, Steve, what's, what's the outlook if you can 
phrase it that way for the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, and what can we regular folks uh, do to help protect it? Well, I think that we can uh, write to our representatives, and we can ask them to support uh, the protection of the area so that uh, if it comes to a Congress uh, vote, then they will realize that the importance of this area, mm-hmm. we don't need to drill there. there there's already uh, vast areas already uh, available for, for leasing. Um, and the, uh, and the value of the, of the uh, leases is, is going down now. So it's not a, it's not a good time uh, to do it, even if you were to make the case that uh, it was important. So I think that you know, making the case that we need to protect this area for the birds, it's bad economics. We need to uh, think about the future generations, not just of, of the birds, but of people as well mm-hmm. who want to be able to go to these places and know that the stream of wildlife is, is strong. The birds, the longest migrants especially, have enough challenges uh, trying to survive their the increasingly difficult migration south without losing uh, this in- important breeding place for mm-hmm. for 200 species of birds. Mm-hmm. Is there one particular place you'd recommend, Steve, for people to find out more info, maybe one particular website or something? Well, I think that the Audubon um, website, if they visit audubon.org, they could find links to what's happening and why people need to go um, uh, contact their congresspeople and mm-hmm. make a case stand up now for the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Dr. Stephen Kress is National Audubon's Vice President for Bird Conservation and Director of the Audubon Seabird Restoration Program in Hog Island Audubon Camp and a visiting fellow at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and co-author of the remarkable book Project Puffin, The Improbable Quest to Bring a Beloved Seabird Back to Egg Rock. Thanks for your great work, Steve, and thanks for being on the show with us again. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Coming up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. Now, a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, track, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Maria Inez Phillips talks about not recycling. I've got too many newspapers and magazines and catalogs in there with plastic containers and bottles and cans. Your trash can is full of recyclables? No, it's full of trash. You say trash, Maria. I say rubbish. Whatever it is, I'm not going through it. I just don't get it. Some things are very obvious, Maria. Learn the difference between trash and recycling and more. I put out way too much trash to think about recycling. Visit yougottobekidding.org today. It's our Mystery Bird Contest, and you are eligible to enter as long as you haven't been a winner here in the last six months here on Talking Birds. And if you're not hearing our show live... Remember, you can do so very easily. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and see how to listen live online. You can also search for Talking Birds in iTunes or Google Play or in your favorite podcasting app. We think we're on most of them out there, but 
Who can keep up? Our prize this morning is the Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder. And we have a beautiful bonus prize, a little unusual, but we think it's very special. America's favorite birds, this incredibly gorgeous adult coloring book about birds from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. The phone number to call for our mystery bird contest, and we urge you, as always, to call as soon as possible, is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized songbird with an olive-brown back, dark spots on the chest, a buff-colored eye ring, and matching buff-colored face. Our bird, which feeds near the ground on berries and insects, breeds mostly in Canada and Alaska and winters down in Central and South America. What is it? Tell us what it is and win those beautiful prizes or take a guess and possibly uh, win those prizes uh, even if your guess is not exactly correct. 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor at the famous Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. I am Judy Fish from Brookline, Massachusetts. Somehow we discovered Ray's Talking Birds show and became enthusiastic listeners. We've taken the ambassador cards on some recent trips. I've distributed them to like-minded people, and it's been really a lot of fun to tell people about the show. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the Contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the Contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. We're for feathers, we're for wings. We kind of missed that part, but we're on to the Mike O'Connor part here with Let's Ask Mike Live. Mike O'Connor from the legendary Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. Well, good morning, Ray. Good to hear your voice, kid. Well, it's good to hear yours, and if it was just one of us, it would kind kind of sound weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Mike, That's right. I mentioned earlier we were going to maybe talk a little bit about peanuts, because we have this... Uh, this uh, email just got this yesterday from Jim in East Rockaway, New York. That's like in the western end of uh, Long Island. And uh, he says he was catching up on some of our shows on his podcast app and heard the discussion about feeding birds peanuts. And he said, Mike O'Connor said to place whole peanuts in the shell, out loose for blue jays, titmice, woodpeckers, and other birds. He has a little alternate thing here. He puts them in a standard suet basket. He says it forces the birds to work a little through the shell. And he says downy woodpeckers will actually create a small hole and pull the meat out of the nut in small pieces. And uh, so he gets to watch the birds longer, I guess, by doing it this way. Oh, yeah, there's there's a good idea. And it's a, um, I mean, they sell specialty feeders for whole peanuts that that are made just for whole peanuts. But I, I like his idea of the suet basket. You kind of go two in one, you know, it's a little bit um, more affordable to just to have multi-uses for a feeder. Um, 
I like that idea, too, except here's the deal. You, you fill that with the peanuts, mm-hmm. and the birds work and work and work and pull, pull out the, the nuts, which, like, like Jim says, you get to see them a little bit longer. The trouble is now your suet basket is full of empty shells, and you've got to somehow decide when mm-hmm. it's time to dump out the empty shells or when there's still good yeah. shells, you know, yeah. peanuts with food yeah. still inside. Okay. I knew there was, was a catch. It's a little catch. bit of a tricky thing, yeah. but, it's, you know, it's a clever idea. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a fan of putting uh, the peanuts in the shell just mm-hmm. on a tray or a porch railing or a platform and have the jays come and pick them up. Because it's kind mm-hmm. of fun. They pick them up, they drop them, they yeah. drop them, they pick them up, then they fly away with them. Um, sometimes they take two at a time. and It's just, it's just a different way of watching the birds. Yeah. But you can also buy a feeder that... that uh, dispenses peanuts without the shells. It's kind of like what Jim was talking about. It's a, uh, it's a it's a wire cage, but the smalls the holes are smaller, and you put in peanuts that have no shells whatsoever. And then you get to see the woodpeckers and the titmice and the nuthatches and chickadees in pick 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 little pieces out at a time. And then, but when they're done, there's no there's not all these clumps of empty shells that you got to deal with. So it's mm-hmm. just. A, an alternative that that but you got to keep that without the shells peanuts can spoil quickly so if you're going to do that oh i hear the music it's trying to the guy's trying to tune up apparently keeps those raw uh, peanuts from um, yeah. boiling and molding up so kind of keep an eye on that if you use those out of the shell but either way you mm. get the jays which just a fun, raucous bird to, to enjoy. All right. Uh, Jim also talked about uh, mealworms, but we're kind of out of time for that. So well, maybe we'll talk about that uh, next time. He had a couple of I- another creative ideas in, in that uh, regard. Oh. Yeah, okay, right. well, mealworm, you know. Nothing keeps the crowd on edge but a discussion on coming mealworm talk. That's, That's what great. I thought, yeah. I, I'm glad you <laughs> That's agree with me people on that. can't pass up. Yeah. All, right. All right, Mike, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Sounds great. All right, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest trying to identify this particular mystery bird right here. It's a medium-sized songbird with an olive-brown back, dark spots on the chest, a buff-colored eye ring, and matching buff-colored face. Feeds near the ground on berries and insects, breeds mostly in Canada and Alaska, and winters in Central and South America. What is it? Tell us uh, what it is, or take a guess. Because no correct answer will mean a drawing will determine the winner. 781-837-4900. We have that beautiful Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder as our main prize. Invented in 1969 by Droll Yankees founder Peter Killam. In a 2015, it was brought back by popular demand. It features durable metal parts that squirrels can't chew. Backed by a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. And it's proudly made in the USA. And our bonus prize, America's Favorite Birds, the first title in a series of very special coloring books for adults from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, with each page featuring authentic, detailed backgrounds depicting uh, where each bird uh, perches and nests and feeds. Readers can learn about the bird they colored, characteristics and behaviors that make each bird unique and special. It's a beautiful book. That's our little bonus prize here. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And uh, I don't know what happened to our callers that we had there, but we seem to have lost them for the moment. So uh, get to us really quickly here, and we could take your call on our Mystery Bird Contest. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. 781 781- 
I'll give you those clues. Once again, our mystery bird is a medium-sized songbird with an olive-brown back, dark spots on the chest, a buff-colored eye ring, and matching buff-colored face. Our bird, which feeds near the ground on berries and insects, breeds mostly in Canada and Alaska and winters in Central and South America. What is that mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number. 781 781- Eight three seven four nine hundred. We are determined to get this call on the air. Jesse is working feverishly to uh, make that happen in our control room here. I think we have about thirty seconds, twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty seven, to get our call. And let's see who we have. We have Andy in right here in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Uh, good morning, Andy. Oh, good morning, Ray. Nice to see you. Thanks for calling in and uh, getting into under the wire here. And what do you think our mystery bird is, or what do you say it is? A Swainson's thrush. A Swainson's thrush would be exactly correct. Nice going. Uh, thank you. You got it. We'll send you those two beautiful prizes if you will hang on the line. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andy. A Swainson's thrush, our mystery bird. Hey, we're out of time for the show this morning. Thank you for being with us. Thanks to Mark Duffield, Debbie Bleacher, our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.